Chapter Twenty Two of the Empire of Russia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Empire of Russia from the remotest period to the present time by john stevens cabot abbott chapter twenty two the reigns of catherine the first and the infant ivan and elizabeth from seventeen twenty five to eleven sixty two energetic reign of catherine her sudden death brief reign of peter the second difficulties of hereditary succession a republic contemplated and daughter of ivan the infant ivan proclaimed king his terrible doom elizabeth daughter of peter the great enthroned character of elizabeth alliance with maria theresa wars with prussia great reverses of frederick of prussia desperate condition of frederick death of elizabeth succession of peter the third the new empress catherine the first was already exceedingly popular and she rose rapidly in public esteem by the wisdom and the vigor of her administration early in june her eldest daughter anne was married with much pomp to the duke of holstein it was a great novelty to the russians to see a woman upon the throne and the neighboring states seemed inspired with courage to commence encroachments thinking that they had but little to apprehend from the feeble arm of a queen poland sweden and denmark were all animated with the hope that the time had now come in which they could recover those portions of territory which during past wars had been wrested from them by russia catherine was fully aware of the dangers thus impending and adopted such vigorous measures for augmenting the army and the fleet as speedily to dispel the illusion catherine vigorously prosecuted the measures her husband had introduced for the promotion of the civilization and enlightenment of her subjects she took great care of the young prince peter son of the deceased alexis and endeavored in all ways to educate him so that he might be worthy to succeed her upon the throne this young man the grandson of peter the great was the only prince in whose veins flowed the blood of the tsars the academy of sciences at st petersburg which peter had founded was sedulously fostered by catherine the health of the empress was feeble when she ascended the throne and it rapidly declined she however continued to apply herself with great assiduity to public affairs until the middle of april when she was obliged to take to her bed there was no royal road to death after four weeks of suffering and all the humbling concomitants of disease and approaching disillusion the empress breathed her last at nine o'clock in the evening of the sixteenth of may 
seventeen twenty seven after a reign of but little more than two years and in the forty-second year of her age upon her deathbed catherine declared peter the second the son of alexis her successor and as he was but twelve years of age a regency was established during his minority menzikoff however the illustrious favorite of peter the great who had been appointed by catherine generalissimo of all the armies both by land and sea attained such supremacy that he was in reality sovereign of the empire during the reign of catherine russia presented the extraordinary spectacle of one of the most powerful and aristocratic kingdoms on the globe governed by an empress whose origin was that of a nameless girl found weeping in the streets of a sacked town while there rode at the head of the armies of the empire towering above grand dukes and princes of the blood the son of a peasant who had passed his childhood the apprentice of a pastry-cook selling cakes in the streets of moscow such changes would have been extraordinary at any period of time and in any quarter of the world but that they should have occurred in russia where for ages so haughty an aristocracy had dominated seems almost miraculous menzikoff elated by the power which the minority of the king gave him assumed such airs as to excite the most bitter spirit of hostility among the nobles they succeeded in working his ruin and the boy emperor banished him to siberia and confiscated his immense estates the blow was fatal sinking into the most profound melancholy menzikoff lingered for a few months in the dreary region of his exile and died in seventeen twenty nine peter the second did not long survive him but little more than two years elapsed after the death of catherine when he being then a lad of but fourteen years of age was seized with smallpox and died the nineteenth of january seventeen thirty one daughter of peter the great and of catherine still survived some of the principles of the nobility seeing how many difficulties attended hereditary succession which at one time placed the crown upon the brow of a babe in the cradle again upon a semi-idiot and again upon a bloated and infamous debauchee conferred upon the subjects of changing the government into a republic but russia was not prepared for a reform so sudden and so vast after much debate it was decided to offer the crown to anne duchess of courland who was second daughter of the imbecile ivan who for a short time had nominally occupied the throne associated with his brother peter the great she had an elder sister catherine who was married to the duke of mecklenburg so far as the right of birth was concerned catherine was first entitled to the succession but as the duke of mecklenburg whose grand duchy bordered upon the baltic and which was equal to about one-half the state of massachusetts was engaged in a kind of civil war with his nobles it was therefore thought best to pass her by 
lest the empire should become involved in the strife in which her husband was engaged as ivan was the elder brother it was thought that his daughters should have the precedence over those of peter another consideration also influenced the nobles who took the lead in selecting anne they thought that she was a woman whom they could more easily control than catherine these nobles accordingly framed a new constitution for the empire limiting the authority of the queen to suit their purposes but anne was no sooner seated upon the throne than she grasped the sceptre with vigor which astounded all she banished the nobles who had interfered with the royal prerogatives and cancelled all the limitations they had made she selected a very able ministry and gave the command of her armies to the most experienced generals while sagacity and efficiency marked her short administration and russia continued to expand and prosper no events of special importance occurred she united her armies with those of the emperor of germany in resisting the encroachments of france she waged successful war against the turks who had attempted to recover azov in this war the crimean tartars were crushed and russian influence crowded its way into the immense crimean peninsula the energies of anne caused russia to be respected throughout europe as the empress had no children she sent for her niece and namesake anne daughter of her eldest sister catherine duchess of mecklenburg and married her to one of the most distinguished nobles of her court resolved to call the issue of this marriage to the succession on the twelfth of august seventeen forty this princess was delivered of a son who was named ivan the empress immediately pronounced him her successor placing him under the guardianship of his parents the health of the empress was at this time rapidly failing and it was evident to all that her death was not far distant in anticipation of death she appointed one of her favorites john ernestus byron regent during the minority of the prince baron osterman high chancellor of russia had the rank of prime minister and count munich a soldier of distinguished reputation was placed in the command of the armies with the title of field marshal these were the last administrative acts of anne the king of terrors came with his inevitable summons after a few weeks of languor and suffering the queen expired in october seventeen forty a babe two months old was now emperor of russia the senate immediately met and acknowledged the legitimacy of his claims the foreign ambassadors presented to him their credentials and the marquis of chitardi the french minister reverentially approaching the cradle made the imperially majestic baby a congratulatory speech addressing him as ivan the fifth emperor of all russias and assuring him of the friendship of louis the fifteenth sovereign of france the regent as was usually the case arrogating authority and splendor 
soon became excessively unpopular and a conspiracy of the nobles was formed for his overthrow on the night of the seventeenth of november the conspirators met in the palace of the grand duchess and mother of the infant emperor unanimously named her regent of the empire arrested byron and condemned him to death which sentence was subsequently commuted to siberian exile elizabeth the daughter of peter was now thirty-eight years of age though very beautiful she was unmarried and resided in the palace in a state of splendid captivity a party now arose who secretly conspired to overthrow the regency of anne and to depose the infant ivan and place elizabeth upon the throne the plot being fully matured on the night of the fifth of december a body of armed men repaired to the palace where they met elizabeth who was ready to receive them and marched with her at their head to the barracks where she was enthusiastically received by the soldiers the spirit of her father seemed at once to inspire her soul with a voice of authority as if born to command she ordered the regiments to march to different quarters of the city and to seize all the prominent officers of the government then leading herself a regiment to the palace she took possession of the infant emperor and of his mother the regent they were held in captivity though at first treated with all the consideration which became their birth this revolution was accepted by the people with the loudest demonstrations of joy the memory of peter the great was enshrined in every heart and all exulted in placing the crown upon his daughter's brow the next morning at the head of the royal guards and all the other troops of the metropolis elizabeth was proclaimed empress of russia in one week from this time the deposed infant emperor ivan who was then thirteen months old was sent with his parents from st petersburg to riga where they were for a long time detained in a castle as prisoners two efforts which they made for escape were frustrated this conspiracy which was carried to so successful a result was mainly founded in the hostility with which the russians regarded the foreigners who had been so freely introduced to the empire by peter the great and who occupied so many of the most important posts in the state thus the succession of elizabeth was in fact a counter-revolution arresting the progress of reform and moving russia back again towards the ancient barbarism but elizabeth soon expended her paroxysm of energy and surrendered herself to luxury and to sensual indulgence unsurpassed by any debauchee who ever occupied a throne jealous of sharing her power she refused to take a husband though many guilty favorites were received to her utmost intimacy the doom of the deposed ivan and his parents was sad indeed they were removed for safe-keeping to an island in the white sea fifty miles from archangel a region as desolate as the imagination can well conceive here after a year of captivity 
the infant ivan was torn from his mother and removed to the monastery of Orienburg, where he was brought up in the utmost seclusion not being allowed to learn either to read or to write the bereaved mother anne lingered a couple of years until she wept away her life and found the repose of the grave in seventeen forty six her husband survived thirty years longer and died in prison in seventeen seventy five it was an awful doom for one who had committed no crime the whole course of history proves that in this life we see but the commencement of a divine government and that after death cometh the judgment a humane monk taking pity upon the unfortunate little ivan attempted to escape with him he had reached smolensk when he was arrested the unhappy prince was then conveyed to the castle of schusselburg where he was immersed in a dungeon which no ray of sun could ever penetrate a single lamp burning in his cell only revealed its horrors the prince could not distinguish day from night and had no means of computing the passage of the hours food was left in his cell and the attendants who occasionally entered were prohibited from holding any conversation with the child this treatment absolutely infernal soon reduced the innocent prince to a state almost of idiocy twice elizabeth ordered him to be brought to petersburg where she conversed with him without letting him know who she was but she did nothing to alleviate his horrible doom after the death of elizabeth her successor peter the third made ivan a visit without making himself known touched with such an aspect of misery he ordered an apartment to be built in an angle of the fortress for ivan who had now attained the age of manhood where he could enjoy air and light the sudden death of peter defeated this purpose and ivan was left in his misery still weary years passed away while the prince dead to himself as well as to the world remained breathing in his tomb catherine the second after her ascension to the throne called to see ivan she thus describes her visit after we had ascended the throne and offered up to heaven our just thanksgivings the first object that employed our thoughts in consequence of that humanity which is natural to us was the unhappy situation of that prince who was dethroned by divine providence and had been unfortunate ever since his birth and we formed the resolution of alleviating his misfortunes as far as possible we immediately made a visit to him in order to judge of his understanding and talents and to procure him a situation suitable to his character and education but how great was our surprise to find that in addition to a defect in his utterance which rendered it difficult for him to speak and still more difficult to be understood we observed an almost total deprivation of sense and reason those who accompanied us during this interview saw how much our heart suffered at the contemplation of an object so fitted to excite compassion 
they were also convinced that the only measure we could take to succor the unfortunate prince was to leave him where we found him and to procure him all the comforts and conveniences his situation would admit of we accordingly gave our orders for this purpose though the state he was in prevented his perceiving the marks of our humanity or being sensible of our attention and care for he knew nobody could not distinguish between good and evil nor did he know the use that might be made of reading to pass the time with less weariness and disgust on the contrary he sought pleasure in objects that discovered with sufficient evidence the disorder of his imagination soon after this poor ivan was cruelly assassinated an officer in the russian army named mirovitch conceived an absurd plan of liberating ivan from his captivity restoring him to the throne and consigning catherine the second to the dungeon the prince had so long inhabited mirovitch had command of the garrison at schusselburg where ivan was imprisoned taking advantage of the absence of the empress on a journey to livonia he proceeded to the castle with a few soldiers whose cooperation he had secured through the influence of brandy and promises knocked down the commandant of the fortress with the butt-end of a musket and ordered the officers who had command of the prisoner to bring him to them these officers had received the secret injunction that should the rescue of the prince ever be attempted they were to put him to death rather than permit him to be carried off they accordingly entered his cell and though the helpless captive made the most desperate resistance they speedily cut him down with their swords history has few narratives so extraordinary as the fate of ivan a forced marriage was arranged that a child might be generated to inherit the russian throne when this child was but a few days old he was declared emperor of all the russias and received the congratulations of the foreign ambassadors when thirteen months of age he was deposed and for the crime of being a king was thrown into captivity to prevent others from using him as the instruments of their purposes he was thrown into a dungeon and excluded from all human intercourse so that like a deaf child he could not even acquire the power of speech for him there was neither clouds nor sunshine day or night summer or winter he had no employment no amusement no food for thought absolutely nothing to mark the passage of the weary hours the mind became paralyzed and almost idiotic by such enormous woe such was his doom for twenty-four years he was born in seventeen forty and assassinated under the reign of catherine the second in seventeen sixty four the father of ivan remained in prison eleven years longer until he died from this tragedy let us turn back to the reign of elizabeth it was the great object of this princess to undo all that her illustrious father had done to roll back all the reforms he had commenced and to restore to the empire its ancient usages and prejudices the hostility to foreigners became so bitter 
that the queen's guard formed a conspiracy for a general massacre which should sweep them all from the empire elizabeth conscious of the horror such an act would inspire throughout europe was greatly alarmed and was compelled to issue a proclamation in defence of their lives the empress she said in this proclamation can never forget how much foreigners have contributed to the prosperity of russia and though her subjects will at all times enjoy her favours in preference to foreigners yet the foreigners in her service are as dear to her as her own subjects and may rely on her protection in the meantime elizabeth was prosecuting with great vigour the hereditary war with sweden russia was constantly gaining in this conflict and at length the swedes purchased peace by surrendering to the russians extensive territories in finland the favour of russia was still more effectually purchased by the swedes choosing for their king adolphus frederick duke of the russian province of Holstein and kinsman of elizabeth the boundaries of russia were thus enlarged and sweden became almost a tributary province of the gigantic empire maria theresa was now empress of austria and she succeeded in enlisting the cooperation of elizabeth in her unrelenting warfare with frederick of prussia personal hostility also exasperated elizabeth against the prussian monarch for in some of his writings he had spoken disparagingly of the humble birth of elizabeth's mother catherine the wife of peter i and a still more unpardonable offence he had committed when flushed with wine at a table where the russian ambassador was present he had indulged in witticisms in reference to the notorious gallantries of the empress a woman who could plunge into the wildest excesses of licentiousness still had sensibility enough to resent the taunts of the royal philosopher in seventeen fifty three elizabeth and maria theresa entered into an agreement to resist all further augmentation of the prussian power in the bloody seven years war between frederick and maria theresa the heart of elizabeth was always with the austrian queen and for five of those years their armies fought side by side in the year seventeen fifty nine elizabeth sent an army of one hundred thousand men into prussia they committed every outrage which fiends could perpetrate and though victorious over the armies of frederick they rendered the country so utterly desolate that through famine they were compelled to retreat burning villages and mangled corpses marked their path the next year seventeen fifty eight another russian army invaded prussia overran nearly the whole kingdom and captured konigsberg the victorious russians thinking that all of prussia was to be annexed to their dominions began to treat the prussians tenderly and as countrymen an order was read from the churches that if any prussian had cause of complaint against any russian he should present it at the military chancery at konigsberg where he would infallibly have redress 
the inhabitants of the conquered realm were all obliged to swear fealty to the empress of russia the prussian army was at this time in silesia struggling against the troops of maria theresa the warlike frederick soon returned at the head of his indomitable hosts and attacking the russians about six miles from kerstrin defeated them in one of the most bloody battles on record and drove the shattered battalions humiliated and bleeding out of the territory the summer of seventeen fifty nine again found the russian troops spread over the prussian territory in great force the two hostile armies soon met on the banks of the oder the russians posted upon a line of commanding heights numbered seventy thousand frederick fiercely assailed them through the most formidable disadvantages with but thirty thousand men the slaughter of the prussians was fearful and frederick after losing nearly eight thousand of his best troops in killed and wounded and prisoners sullenly retired the russian troops were now strengthened by the reinforcement of twelve thousand of the choices of the austrian cavalry and still presenting notwithstanding their losses a solid front of ninety thousand men frederick bringing every nerve into action succeeded in collecting and bringing again into the field fifty thousand troops notwithstanding the disparity in numbers it seemed absolutely necessary that the king of prussia should fight for the richest part of his dominion was in the hands of the allied prussians and austrians and berlin was menaced the field of battle was on the banks of the oder near frankfort on the twelfth of june seventeen fifty nine at two o'clock in the morning the king of prussia formed his troops in battle array behind a forest which concealed his movements from the enemy the battle was commenced with a fierce cannonade and in the midst of the thunderings and carnage of this tempest of war solid columns emerged from the ranks of the prussians and pierced the russian lines the attack was too impetuous to be resisted from post to post the prussians advanced driving the foe before them and covering the ground with the slain for six hours of almost unparalleled slaughter the victory was with the prussians seventy-two pieces of cannon fell into the hands of the victors and at every point the russians were retreating frederick in his exultation scribbled a note to the empress upon the field of battle with the pommel of his saddle for a tablet and dispatched it to her by a courier it was as follows madam we have beat the russians from their entrenchments in two hours expect to hear of a glorious victory but in less than two hours the tide of victory turned the day was one of excessive heat an unclouded sun poured its burning rays upon the field and at midday the troops and the horses having been engaged for six hours in one of the severest actions which was ever known were utterly beat out and fainting with exhaustion just then the whole body of the russian and austrian cavalry some fourteen thousand strong which thus far had remained inactive 
came rushing upon the plain as with the roar and the sweep of the whirlwind the foe fell before them as the withered grass before the prairie fire frederick was astounded by this sudden reverse and in the anguish of his spirit plunged into the thickest of the conflict two horses were shot beneath him his clothes were riddled with balls another courier was dispatched to the empress from the sanguinary field in the hottest speed the note he bore was as follows removed from berlin with the royal family let the archives be carried to potsdam and the capital make conditions with the enemy as night approached frederick assembled the fragments of his army exhausted and bleeding upon some heights and threw up redoubts for their protection twenty thousand of his troops were left upon the field or in the hands of the enemy every cannon he had was taken scarcely a general or an inferior officer escaped unwounded and a large number of his most valuable officers were slain it was an awful defeat and an awful slaughter fortunately for frederick the losses of the russians had also been so terrible that they did not venture to pursue the foe early the next morning the prussian king crossed the oder and the russians encumbered with the thousands of their own mutilated and dying troops thought it not prudent to march upon berlin the war still raged furiously the allies being inspirited by hope and frederick by despair at length the affairs of prussia became quite hopeless and the prussian monarch was in a position from which no earthy energy or sagacity could extricate him the russians and austrians in resistless numbers were spread over all his provinces excepting saxony where the great frederick was entirely hemmed up the prussian king was fully conscious of the desperation of his affairs and though one of the most stoical and stern of men he experienced the acutest anguish for hours he paced the floor of his tent absorbed in thought seldom exchanging a word with his generals who stood silently by having no word to utter of counsel or encouragement just then god mysteriously interposed and saved prussia from dismemberment and the name of her monarch from ignominy the empress of russia had been for some time in failing health and the year seventeen sixty two had but just dawned when the enrapturing tidings were conveyed to the camp of the despairing prussians that elizabeth was dead this event dispelled midnight gloom and caused the sun to shine brightly upon the prussian fortunes the nephew of the empress peter the third who succeeded her on her throne had long expressed his warm admiration of frederick of prussia had visited his court at berlin where he was received with the most flattering attentions and had enthroned the warlike frederick in his heart as the model of a hero he had even during the war secretly written letters to frederick expressive of his admiration and had communicated to him secrets of the russian cabinet and their plans of operation the elevation of peter the third to the throne was the signal 
not only for the withdrawal of the russian troops from the austrian alliance but for the direct marching of those troops as allies into the camp of the prussians thus sudden are the mutations of war thus inexplicable are the combinations of destiny elizabeth died in the fifty-second year of her age after a reign of twenty years she was during her whole reign mainly devoted to sensual pleasure drinking intoxicating liquors immoderately and surrendering herself to the most extraordinary licentiousness though ever refusing to recognize the claims of marriage she was the mother of several children and her favorites cannot easily be enumerated her ministers managed the affairs of state for her in obedience to her caprices she seemed to have some chronic disease of the humane feelings which induced her to declare that not one of her subjects should during her reign be doomed to death while at the same time with the most gentle self-complacency she could order the tongues of thousands to be torn out by the roots could cut off the nostrils with red-hot pincers could lop off ears lips and noses and could twist the arms of her victims behind them by dislocating them at the shoulders there were tens of thousands of prisoners thus horribly mutilated the empress was fond of music and introduced to russia the opera and the theatre she was as intolerant to the jews as her father had been banishing them all from the country she lived in constant fear of conspiracies and revolutions and as a desperate safeguard established a secret inquisitorial court to punish all who should express any displeasure with the measures of government spies and informers of the most worthless character filled the land and multitudes of the most virtuous inhabitants of the empire falsely accused or denounced for a look a shrug or a harmless word were consigned to mutilation more dreadful and to exile more gloomy than the grave End of chapter twenty two